The following podcast deals with the topics of human trafficking and sexual assault. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Steering Change Podcast, navigating through the commercial transportation industry in Alberta and beyond. Powered by the Alberta Motor Transport Association. Here's your host, Josh Hanabery. Friends in the industry. I'm your host, Josh Hanabury, and I want to welcome you back to another episode of the Steering Change Podcast. In today's episode, I'm excited to have a conversation with Dylan Wetched, Public Sector Engagement Specialist, as well as Liz Williamson, Training Specialist and Survivor Leader, both with Truckers Against Trafficking, and AMTA's very own Kelsey Hipkin, Manager of Communications. As we bring awareness to human trafficking, what Truckers Against Trafficking are doing to help combat human trafficking, as well as what our industry can do to help as well. Dylan, Liz, Kelsey, welcome to the Steering Change Podcast. Really excited for our conversation today. Um, I do know that it's a challenging conversation, but it's going to be amazing. And just the impact, the resources, and the phenomenal guests that we have on the podcast today, it's going to be incredible. So welcome. Thank you very much for having us. Excited to be here, friend. Excited to be here. Thanks, Josh. Absolutely. So to kick things off, Dylan, why don't you kind of give us a quick rundown of who are you as well as what's your role at Truckers Against Trafficking? Absolutely. So my name is Dylan Wecht. I'm the public sector engagement specialist on our public sector engagement team. Um, I've been with TAT for almost two years. And prior to that, I was working as an immigration attorney. My role at TAT includes training law enforcement throughout North America on human trafficking, coordinating events with anyone who falls within the public sector. So whether those are federal or provincial employees, highway enforcement, Service Ontario, or those on policy and research teams at the governmental level. I also oversee all of our public sector work in Canada, so I'm frequently traveling around the country for different speaking engagements. Um, Additionally, I work directly with all of the provincial trucking associations and the CTA. And that's packed. That's awesome. And there's a lot of script, but are you, you're a lawyer then by training, like by schooling? Yes. Yes, I am. I did not know that. Okay. Yes. Good. <laughs> awesome. Well, it's good. It's, it's nice. And we'll dive more into our journey and our connecting and later in the conversation, but it's awesome to have you here. Perfect. Thank you. Perfect. All right, Liz, you're up. How about you share a little bit about yourself as well as your role at Truckers Against Trafficking? Well, first and foremost, I'm your friend. So let's start there. Past that, uh, In my day-to-day job, I work for Truckers Against Trafficking as a training specialist, much like Dylan in the sense that we do presentations, we educate about human trafficking, and I am a survivor of trafficking, so I use my lived experience to make the issue real for people. You are right. We are definitely friends, and we, um, as a collective group, I know we're only audio, so you can't see our faces But all four of us, we met in person in Canada late last year, which was awesome. And we'll dive into that, I'm sure, throughout the conversation. And yeah, Liz, we're excited to have you here. We celebrate you and this is going to be really good. So this is awesome. And Kelsey, my friend, your turn. Share a little bit about yourself as well as your role here at AMTA. Yes, absolutely. First, a hello to our steering change friends. And then um, I just want to reiterate a trigger warning for today's chat that we will be covering topics of sexual assault and human trafficking. Um, But the people that we're talking to, they're very impactful and and thoughtful about how they share their stories and their work. So we're really looking forward to covering this because it's such an important topic. As for myself, I am a friend to Liz and Dylan, but I am also the communications manager at AMTA. Um, This is my eighth year at the association and uh, just really looking forward to today's podcast. 
awesome. It's also super good to have you here. The, I just want to give a quick shout out to Kelsey. She's a, um, honestly, one of the two key people that have that are allowing the Steering Change podcast to happen. And because of her brilliance and her passion for language and people, we're impacting a lot of people across not just Alberta, where we're based, um, but across our country, across North America. And I just want to celebrate you, Kelsey. It's good to have you here. And thanks for joining. Thanks, buddy. Thank you again to both of you for joining us today. The conversation today works out well as we are recording on January 25th and will be releasing on February 16th. But that is a great lead up to February 22nd, 2024, which is National Human Trafficking Awareness Day. I will note it's important that we educate our members and the general public on this topic throughout the year, but it is nice that, that days have been set aside to focus on this particular initiative. Liz, um, I'd like to start off with you. Can you tell us a bit about your story? You mentioned you're a survivor and just explain human trafficking kind of in layman's for um, for those who might not be familiar. Sure thing. So I mentioned that I'm a survivor of trafficking. I was actually first trafficked by my mom when I was six years old. Anytime I say that, I feel like we have to take a deep breath. We have to take a deep breath for the enormity of what that means. And some people are still scratching their heads and thinking, I don't even know what that means. It means that my mom made a choice to exploit me through force, through fraud, through coercion. That's usually how we define human trafficking, that there's some big factor there that compels a person to feel trapped into doing what someone else says and they make money off of it. It could be sexual exploitation, which is my story, and it could be forced labor, which is other people's stories. There's never an easy way to explain why my mom made the choice that she made. We can dive into the social factors that can play into that at any point. But the reality is another human being sees another person as a profit, as a product, and not as a human being deserving of dignity. You can't tell me that we look at a six-year-old and think that they're a sexual object. We shouldn't. We can't because then we've lost all of our humanity. So the way I like to boil down my story is that I was a child who should have been seen, should have been rescued, never should have happened. None of this should happen to another human being, but here we are and here's the reason for our podcast. So what do we do about it? That's, that's always my why is what can I do that impacts another human being? And I hope other people find their role in this. For me, the way I make sense of my pain is to give it a purpose. To have conversations like this and say that I was sold from 6 to 23 and people try to wrap their mind. You're not going to. You can't. But what you can do is join me and join Dylan, join Kelsey, join Josh. It never should have happened. We can start there. We can finish there. But because it did, what's our response? And Liz, I'm going to I'm going to go a little off script here, but I, I've met you in person. I've talked to you on several video calls and just I don't even know if adversity is the right word, but you're one of the calmest, most generous giving people that I've ever met. Just how have you through your journey kind of overcome that to become the you you are? Because I imagine the statistics aren't always in your favor in this case. They're not in my favor. To be honest, lucky is a. It's the word that doesn't really fit, but I am lucky because I have survived it, but it's because I chose to survive it. There's always a choice within a survivor. And for some of us, the pain is too great. And I don't deny that. But for some of us, we don't even get the choice to survive it. 
I won't say any part of this journey's been easy. Getting out at 23, I'm 37 now. I know a lady's not supposed to say her age, but I've fit a lot of life between 23 and 37. In some ways, yes, my past has shaped me. It's defined me. It's given me a passion. But more than that, it's not everything I am at all. But I feel like we have to get through the elephant in the room and look at it for what it is that I'm somebody who struggles with PTSD. I'm somebody who has big things from their past, but I'm more than that. I have to be more than that. We have to look at survivors as more than what we go through. Because if we're just defining my life by what happened to me for 17 years, that's not fair. We live so much past that. I like to paint. I am married. I like to garden when the weather's nicer. It's not nice right now. Um, I'm picking up a new dog on Saturday. See, I have things that have nothing to do with trafficking, but it's because I gave my child, I gave myself a chance to have a real life past this. And I, I think that we're all the better for that. So thank you for, for sharing that. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what human trafficking is? So human trafficking. Sex trafficking can look like prostitution. It can look like the stereotypical someone walks the street, they go to a car, they create a transaction where there's sexual favors in exchange for money. It could look like pornography. It could look like brothels. It could look like forced labor where someone is forced to work for little or no money for long hours in inhumane conditions, all because someone else says, you are a product, you can make me money, and I don't have to work for it. So there's this inherent inequality of power where all of a sudden someone looks at you as inferior and says, what can they do for me? It's powerful stuff. Dylan, I'm going to I'm gonna move over to you for a bit. Can you tell us about Truckers Against Trafficking, what you guys do, what you're all about? Yes, yes, I can. So Truckers Against Trafficking, or uh, as we call it, TAT, uh, we are a 501c3 organization, which uh, means we're a nonprofit organization. And our mission, uh, we exist to educate, equip, and mobilize, uh, empower, and mobilize members of the trucking, bus, uh, and energy industries to combat human trafficking. So our theory of change is rooted in the belief that by educating and equipping members of these industries with the tools that they need to spot human trafficking and then report it effectively, we can mobilize millions of people to move from passive bystanders to active disruptors. So we call these active disruptors um, our everyday heroes, and it's a constantly growing mobile army of trained, concerned citizens who can provide an extra set of eyes and ears for law enforcement in recovering victims and arresting traffickers. And we have a lot of different programs, a lot of different things going on, but we have three main goals to, to accomplish that. The first is by saturating all of the industries we work with with our resources and materials, all of which are free of charge. Um, so if there's anyone interested in any of our materials, whether they're wallet cards or posters, please reach out to us and we are more than happy to send that. Our second goal, we partner with law enforcement and government agencies to facilitate the investigation of human trafficking. And we do this through training, posting coalition builds, 
calls and tips. And then we have a Canadian CVE model, which is essentially a model that we use with law enforcement in the public sector to create awareness campaigns and mobilize additional sectors throughout the province. Finally, the third goal uh, is to marshal the resources of our partners to combat this crime, both in the private and public sector. Um, and we could not do this work without our partners on both sides of that. Awesome. Thank you, Dylan. Yeah, I appreciate that. When I, I remember when I, prior to working at AMT, I worked for a very large organization. And I remember the first time I was informed of before I was received any training, any insights on what um, TAT does as an organization, but I was told like, hey, we're probably gonna be taking some training. Um, this is an issue that like the our director that was sharing this, this is an issue um, that's much larger than I would have given credit for. And this is, it's horrific. It's not gonna make you feel good, but we need to know, we need to be aware, and we need to make sure this message is part of our day-to-day -day language because of our driving force. We were a very large fleet across our country here in Canada. So when I learned about the amount of resources and the amount of information that is an organization that you run pretty lean to, you do, I do respect that you really lean on your partners and different employers and carriers. And because I think when you can run lean, it really showcases the level of care you have as professionals. And it's, it also compliments Liz, what you said, um, you said two words and I'm a note taker. I squirrel super hard and it really encompasses how I view like Pat and the impact that you're having on so many lives for the better. And one of its choice and the other word that you said, Liz, was passion. And when you can be an advocate, I'm, I self-identify as an industry advocate. I, I often talk about being a friend of industry. And when you surround yourself with people that are choosing to make a difference and using passion to get that out, your organization collectively, it's a great resource, but it's a great example of how a group of people can make such an impact. And it is a choice. You choose every single day because like, it's a really tough subject and the lives that are getting destroyed because of this, like that's tough, everything's tough. But then the passion that you bring in as an organization, it's really noticeable. And I noticed that right away, like I said, when I took the training. And when I first connected with Liz, like the power of LinkedIn, I love it. And just, I just really wanted to celebrate that and honor you as a company and as people, obviously, and professionals in your space. Because not too often, I don't think you get it. Like I wouldn't get a chance to celebrate you publicly like this, but I, it means a lot. And I just, I'm glad that Kelsey and I and the Steering Change podcast, obviously in AMTA, we can be part of this journey too. So I just wanted to say that before I kind of dove in a little bit to the, the National Human Trafficking Awareness Day. So Kelsey mentioned earlier, so it is on February 22nd, 2024. And knowing how important this day is to help bring awareness to what is human trafficking, as well as how the transportation industry, how we can work together to help end human trafficking. I wanted us to kind of dive into that sixth step plan, Dylan, that you shared, which we've also included in our show notes. So can we, are you comfortable? Yeah, just kind of giving us an overview of what is the six steps plan that um, we're also sharing just to different organizations? Yeah, absolutely. I can run through those steps. So yes, I, I will say before I go into this, everyone here listening will have access to this document. So I'm going to say a lot of information right now. It's a it's a four-page document that we published, and it's for any company, organization, or association that wants to participate in National Human Trafficking Awareness Day. And it can be as minimal or as extensive as you want. Um, in as much as you can manage. So you could choose to do one step or all six. These are just initiatives and steps that we've laid out uh, that we are more than happy to assist in. So 
The first is to host an internal learning opportunity. We have a wide variety of webinar offerings um, that we can provide your company, including general corporate training webinars or deeper dives into the nuances of human trafficking. And this is via our Connecting the Dot series, which are topic-specific virtual presentations. And some of the options that we offer uh, with this series are preventing human trafficking through the transportation industry, how discrimination and racism play a role in human trafficking, and then addressing the demand for commercial sex and its role in human trafficking. The second is to gather driver feedback. So we're asking all of our TAT trained partners to send a brief survey out to their drivers to help us collect data about frontline workers' experiences potentially seeing or reporting human trafficking. So we would create the survey and provide a link to your company for distribution. Uh, the company would then distribute the survey to employees using your internal communication channels. The third is to share resources and materials with all of your employees. So like I mentioned earlier, we have a wealth of resources for continued learning, including short videos that provide additional information about human trafficking, as well as resources for parents uh, and how to fight demand. We have several videos varying in length and subject matter, as well as flyers and podcast episodes. So however you want to deliver these materials or resources, uh, we pretty much have it all. The fourth is to launch a social media campaign. So again, we will provide co-branded graphics and sample language for a public facing social media campaign on the realities of trafficking and how the transportation industry and your company are combating it. So essentially, we can create the entire post uh, or assist in its creation. The fifth is to host an employee fundraiser. So like we mentioned earlier, relying on our partners, both public and private, financial support is the fuel for our organization. Suggestions would be to invite employees to donate to TAT during the month of February as one additional way that they can support our mission. And fundraisers could involve a simple email ask or an interactive activity. And some uh, of the ideas, and it's not limited to these ideas, include organizing a virtual run or a walk, uh, setting up employee payroll deductions, gathering a casual Friday collection, running some kind of contest or competition, or hosting an employee bake sale, something like that. Again, we can provide custom digital assets, including graphics and a personalized fundraising page. So we'll do a lot of the, the heavy lifting from our end. In the sixth and final step is to promote the TAT app. So at the beginning of this month, actually, we launched a revamped app, which provides info about trafficking and how to report it. So TAT can provide graphics and sample language to encourage your drivers to download the app. I would just say encourage your employees to download this during February leading up to National Human Trafficking Awareness Day so they can always have that information that they need at their fingertips. And these will be red flag indicators in, in other resources and materials having to do with human trafficking. Um, and sorry, that was a lot there, but those are our six steps for this month and for uh, the Awareness Day in, in particular. It's awesome, man. No, I appreciate that. And it it was a lot, but it's good because it needs to be a lot. And it's nice when everything about marketing and branding and brand awareness, like you have to be everywhere. And I think having those six really deep solutions gives that opportunity for the employer to pick. Like, yes, this actually works within my business. Yes, I know I'm gonna get buy-in and you're helping, well, create that awareness where it literally is everywhere versus just here's the solution, I hope it works. And so it's good that there was a lot. So I think for sharing that, I appreciate it. Also, Kelsey, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe we're sharing some of this content in our news channel as well. Uh, yeah, on our social channels, and then we'll be sharing in our e-news as well. Okay, awesome.
it's nice that we can support with that as well. Obviously doing a podcast is also a big part of that. So that's great. As always, any information, so what Dylan just shared, it's going to be in the show notes too. So you can definitely go check that out right now if you're listening to this. So Liz, um, we had a question. So how would an employer determine if their efforts are successful? So they're going to participate. They're going to get everyone to download the app. That's definitely a call to action right now to our listeners. And what are some things that they could be looking for so they know that their team in the office, but also their driving force, they really do understand the importance of this initiative of being aware and just to kind of keep in mind, yeah, what does success look like? I think that first we have to define success. We have to realize that each of us as an individual and then as a collective can make a difference in the fight against human trafficking. But it's going to look vastly different for me in California than it is for you in Calgary. So I would start with personal research. What is happening in my local postal code? Going on Google, finding the news article, seeing what the problem is, asking the questions. I have a document that we'll also share where it's local service providers. Who's really doing the work? Who's helping the victims in your local area? Because at the end of the day, we can create all of this awareness and all this buzz. But if we are not taking care of our local community, guys, the traffickers are. They are meeting a need that the community is not. I know that that sounds harsh. I know that that is uncomfortable. But if I am homeless and I have nowhere to sleep and I have nothing to eat and a trafficker walks up to me and meets my need before you as the community meets my need, we have failed as a community. A trafficker is a businessman, yes, or a businesswoman. But at the end of the day, they're a part of the community just as much as we are. So we have to be louder than them. We have to be better than them. So I think personal success for me, yes, the metrics can be financial. Yes, they can be how many downloads did this podcast get? But what are we doing to make a difference for our local youth that are in the care facilities? What are we doing for our local homeless families? What are we doing for our domestic violence centers? Where most of the time, having worked in the agencies, the biggest donation uptick is December and January or maybe even October for your guys' Thanksgiving. And then what happens in July when they need something and the community is nowhere? So if a trafficker stands outside of a youth care facility and offers something that that teenager needs, guys, that's where our metric has to start. It has to start with being a positive force of nature. I consider myself a force of nature. I go in and I change things and I do it on purpose. But that is truly what TAP is asking for, is to go in and to change the culture of your local community. Because at the end of the day, we can do all of these amazing things, but if we're not talking about demand, if we're not talking that there are actual human beings that are willing to look past the fact that I am young, impressionable, and broke, and they give me money, and they make it okay and palatable for a sex act to occur, they're absolving themselves of that guilt, of that shame, of that blame, and we don't need to go there. But what we need to realize is that shouldn't you have just given me the 20 bucks I needed without the sex act? Shouldn't you have just cared about me as a human being? That's heavy, but it's the truth. Because you can't tell me for a second, even the empowered ones who say, I do this by choice, I do this, this is my freedom to do this. Yes, it is your right. 
But if they're honest with you, they feel like a piece of meat and they feel cheap and they feel dirty and they feel broken and they feel used. So how do we as the community embrace them? Put your money where the mouth is. And I'm going to someone cold someone. Yeah. Sorry, Liz, I totally interrupted you. I'm just going to interrupt you as well, Josh. What are some signs? As we know, commercial drivers, their eyes are everywhere. They're traveling across North America and even into Mexico. Are there specific signs that they should be looking for or could be looking for when they're out on the road? I'll jump in and say that our general signs of abuse, neglect, unwellness. When they look hungry and dirty and tired, they are hungry, they are dirty, they are tired. When they ask for kindness, they need it. But equally so, if I am standoffish and I am rude and I am bitter, it's probably my right to be because life has been really difficult for me. Anytime you see a minor receiving money for a sex act, it is a crime. There's no way in the world that you could ever convince me. They like it and they want it. That's the biggest fallacy that I think our sexualized society says. No young girl, no young boy wakes up and thinks, I'm going to be a prostitute. That's fantastic. Nope, nope, can't, can't ever convince. You know, not being in control of your own documents, obviously, that is the cause for concern. But really, let's start with, are there basic needs being met? And once you realize, no, they're not, then they are at risk. They are vulnerable. Thank you for sharing that. Earlier, Josh had mentioned we had gone to a TAC conference last year here in Calgary. Not only was it great to meet you guys in person, but the stories that we heard were so impactful and there was a number of collateral pieces for education purposes and promotional purposes. Do you guys have any upcoming in-person virtual initiatives coming up that our listeners should know about? Sure. So I can I can start with with that. So I will be speaking on a panel um, for a, a virtual webinar for Public Safety Canada on February 13th. Some of you listening may already be within their network, but if not, I will send uh, that information to, to both you, Josh and Kelsey, if they're allowing a general attendance, which I believe they are. So that webinar is coming up. As for in-person events, um, we are currently in the process of building our 2024 schedule. We plan on having coalition builds, the, the same kind of event that we had in Calgary, in Nova Scotia and Saskatchewan, um, the course of 2024. So when those events are officially planned, I will send you that information immediately. And if there are any listeners who have connections to either of these provinces, feel free to, to reach out to me at any time. We're always looking to, to build partners um, and build our network in that area before we actually come in. And there's one more. Uh, we will be bringing our Freedom Drivers Project, uh, or we call it the FDP, to the Calgary Stampede. Um, and it will remain in Canada from July 3rd to July 14th. And just to briefly touch on the FDP, it's a museum on wheels. It contains artifacts from human trafficking cases, as well as a lot of important information. Um, it's truly incredible. You, you go in and view it like a museum, come out and you can speak with our staff with, with any questions you may have. And during that period, uh, July 3rd to July 14th, we are still looking for opportunities, uh, mainly in, in Western Canada. So again, we are open to suggestions. Feel free to reach out to either myself or Liz. Awesome. Good to hear. And kind of throughout the 
day or the chat here we've been talking about um, we'll have some information in the show notes just wondering if there's any additional resources that companies could also utilize to bring awareness to human trafficking sure so one of the one of the things that are are in the show notes is our website and uh, i really would encourage everyone to check out our website and look around when you have the time because we have so many industry specific materials that can be utilized in, in a number of ways. So the main thing would be to train your employees um, and implement an anti-trafficking in-persons policy within your company. Uh, but we have information and materials on creating a company culture that values your truckers against trafficking. We have updated studies on trends and laws. We have resources for parents, resources for education professionals. The list goes on and on. So there are a number of things that you can utilize within your company as well as your community to to join us in this fight. Because as Liz said, that awareness piece and what we're doing for Awareness Day, that's just the tip of the iceberg. We we need to do everything that we can within our community, with our vulnerable populations, with our minors to, to stop this before it even occurs. So very general answer to the question, but I would encourage everyone to to go to our website because there are just different materials and resources that you can use in different contexts. It's awesome. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for that. And yeah, just from my own experience, I spent a lot of time on the website and this, your LMS training is phenomenal too. The, even from like a user perspective, the quality of videos and the depth of the knowledge it really, yeah, it impacts your soul. So I appreciate that very much. Before we end though, we kind of like to give the, uh, each guest an opportunity just to share, maybe it's final thoughts, maybe it's something that we should have asked and we didn't ask, so now's your chance to talk about it, but were there any final thoughts that you wanted to share as well? Dylan, I'll start with you. Are you comfortable giving out your contact information, like your email address, if people have questions for you, or is there a general email that you prefer us include in the show notes? Uh, anyone is welcome to contact me directly. I'm sure this will, will be in the show notes, but my email address is dweCht at truckersagainsttrafficking.org. You are more than welcome to email me at any time, whether it's with a question uh, or you would like materials or you would like me to explain something that I said here today. Um, and also you are, are welcome to, to call me at any time and I'll, I'll provide you guys with my phone number to put those in the, the notes as well. But yeah, you, you may contact me at any time. I'm sure Liz will say the, the same thing, but in, in final words, I just want to thank the, the both of you for having us here today, for being incredible partners and helping us, uh, by leveraging your network to get involved in the fight against human trafficking. Like I said before, we simply could not do this work without partners like you and without those of you listening. Truck drivers truly are the eyes and ears of the road, um, and you are in a position to spot a potential human trafficking situation and make a call and save a human life. Um, and those of you in other industries, whether it's energy, busing, uh, in-home services, local drivers, delivery, you are also equipped to make a difference. So we truly need everyone to join us uh, in this fight. So I, I thank you all very much for, for having us here today. Really appreciate that. Yeah, and your contact information will be in the show notes. So thanks, awesome. Dylan. It's been awesome. Thank all you. right, Liz, my friend, how about yourself? Is there any final words that you would like to share? And if you're comfortable with it, same thing, we're going to share your email address, contact information. But yeah, final words. I have a longer last name than Dylan does, so I'm not going to spell it out. We'll put it in the show notes, but my name is Liz Williamson, and you can find me at TAT. You can also just send an email for Dylan or I at info at truckersagainsttrafficking.org. That's probably simpler than our names. The one thing that we 
neglected to mention that I do want to point out is that the overwhelming majority of victims that are recovered and identified in Canada are Indigenous, and we would be remiss to not highlight that disparity that even though Indigenous women make up something like 4% of the actual population, by and large, they're like 80 or 90% of who we are seeing. So may this spur us to action and to say that this injustice matters, that our Black and Brown brothers and sisters are not less than us because we're white and we're privileged. And I know that's a political statement to say, but we see you, we value you. I would be remiss to not mention that because it hurts my heart that not only is this injustice of sex trafficking and labor trafficking real, but that there could be a racial disparity and element there. We need to do better. Appreciate that. Absolutely support and agree with that. And it's. Yeah, I know I appreciate that very much. So thank you, Liz. And again, just thank you for sharing your story. And again, those two words, choice and passion are, yeah, they're amazing words. And I just, yeah, we really value you and we celebrate you and I love the advocacy that you serve with too. I appreciate that very much. So thank you. Yeah. Okay, Kelsey, your turn, my friend. How about you bring us home? Any final words that you would like to say? A couple first, I just want to echo Liz. It's just so important coming from a place of privilege that we do, that we use our allyship and to, to work and, and educate others on the importance of, of highlighting this in general, but but making sure that we are covering covering all groups. Dylan, I'm always happy to hear you're so knowledgeable. Always love having a chat with you. So thank you so much for joining us today. Liz, lady, I am constantly in awe of you. I imagine you'll be able to get to your garden a little sooner than I will this season, so uh, you'll have to keep me posted. But just an overall, thank you so much for for sharing your time with us today. Yes, thank you. Great. Yeah, the um, power of podcasting, it, it, it's exciting. And it's funny when you think, oh, funny is not maybe the right word, but I'll use that word right now. The number one question that we get asked anytime you bring a podcast, oh, how many people listen? And it's not always about that. It's about how many people saw what was talked about, who joined the conversation. That's reach because we don't know who's getting impacted by what. So obviously we circulate this out in the land of social media, the land of emails, but more so it's the word of mouth. And a lot of what was shared today, I do know impacts people at a very deep level. And there's a lot of really good people in our industry. I'm, I'm a huge believer of that. There's some phenomenal heroes on the highways in many different capacities where they hear information like this and it does trigger action and it does trigger the belief that you're right i could do something and i support that entirely so the vulnerability and the knowledge that you both shared we really appreciate that and we're just yeah super grateful that you took the time to join us on this podcast and i'm pretty confident to say that um, we'll have you back at later times too talking about if it's success stories or different initiatives that we're working on in collaboration throughout obviously our province and our country dylan liz kelsey thank you so much for taking the time and joining us here today on the steering change podcast to discuss human trafficking thank you thank you Drew.
While I know this is a challenging topic to discuss, we're definitely aligned in our belief that it's critical that the transportation industry becomes more aware of what is happening, as well as what they can do to help put an end to such a terrible crime. Liz, honestly, we appreciate you so much. Thank you for sharing your story, and we really celebrate you as a friend, but also how you're helping so many survivors. Listeners, I really encourage you to review the material that we've shared in the show notes with your employers, your teams, and to take the training that is available so that way you can become more aware of what to look out for and what you can do if you come across a suspicious activity that may be in fact a situation of human trafficking. All right, Steering Change Podcast community. Did you have a question that you would like answered on an upcoming episode of the Steering Change Podcast? We want to hear from you. So to submit a question to the Steering Change Mailbag, hit up our DMs on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram with the hashtag Steering Change, and your question will be answered either live on an upcoming podcast or by one of our awesome subject matter experts here at AMTA. I also ask that you share this episode with those in your network that you believe could benefit from what we discussed today, and make sure you subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform, so that way you're notified when future episodes are released. You can also learn more about us and our mission by visiting www.amta.ca. Thank you for taking the time to listen, and I hope you have a safe day. Thank you for listening to AMTA's Steering Change Podcast. If you have questions or comments, please reach out to us on social media or visit amta.ca. The views expressed by guests of the Steering Change Podcast are their own and may not reflect the views of the AMTA, its hosts, or sponsors.